This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. Each episode I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore feels. Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Today I'm chatting to Gemma Bray, aka The Organised Mum. Hi Gemma, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. We're actually chatting on a lovely mid-September sunny day. It's un- unfeasibly sunny, but it's giving me a real sort of uplifted vibe. So I think that's a, a good energy to be chatting to you about being organised. Um, I, I think so. I think I'm, I'm just watching my my washing drying on the line in the garden. Oh, lush. Thinking it might be the, the last chance in a while because mm. I had a look at the weather forecast and it's, it's not so sunny tomorrow. You know, <laughs> get that washing on the line, everyone. Although you might be listening to this in November. Yeah, not it listening. might be raining when you listen yeah. to it, which case don't. <laughs> yes, don't hold us responsible if you put your washing <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Would you like to tell us all what your freelance is? Indeed, if you do call yourself freelance, um, what, what you do that's a self-employed life. T- tell us everything about you and being the organised mum. So it's, it's a bit of a strange story, actually. I... Um, I started it all as a, as a bit of a joke, as mm-hmm. a bit of a dare, actually. Oh. My, um, my eldest child, who is now 14, um, a few years ago, I think it was, I, I looked back, I went all the way back onto Instagram, and it was, I think it was the, the New Year's Eve 2016. Wow, like, a few years ago now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, but it's flown by. We were doing our New Year's resolutions, and um, he said, why don't you talk about um, how you keep on top of everything? on Instagram and I just like was like Thomas no 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 <laughs> nobody is going to want to because at the time Instagram like I wasn't even aware of what Instagram was I'd kind of mm. dipped in and out and it all looked very glam everyone was always on holiday everyone it was, was very, very influencer wasn't it you had very, to be someone to do Instagram all, yeah latest handbags <laughs> and everything else and I was just like oh I'm not sure about that anyway I took him up on his dare um and but essentially his dare was um I'd been following a way of keeping on top of the housework ever since he was born. So like for years and years and years, and it had just become part of our lifestyle. And he was like, go on, mom, mom, talk about it. And so that's how I came, came to do it. Like how I came to have a blog, how I came to work on Instagram. But prior to that, I had always loved writing and Mm. I've always been self-employed. Like I have tried to work for corporate companies, mm-hmm. really hard. Like I've really <laughs> tried and I just can't do it because essentially I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's what it kind of boils down to. I don't like to, I, I don't like to be told what to do. Um, so 
I, I've, I've done all sorts really. I've run fish and chip shops as my own businesses. I've been an antenatal teacher. I've been a doula. I've been a freelance writer when I was a single mom and I had to do sort of stuff in the evenings because I couldn't find childcare. Um, so I've done loads of things. Brilliant. Um, fish and chip shops is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that what everyone that, goes, whoa, that's unusual. <laughs> like, it's, it's really random. Like, so my mum and dad, that was, that's our family business. So it always, it just seemed really natural. I'd, I grew up in fish and chip shops. And mm. um, when I got to, when I got to like my early twenties, my dad felt it was time me to have my own. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Can you now, do you now love or loathe fish and chips? I still love fish and chips. Still love fish and chips. Yeah. Are you quite judgy <laughs> about fish and chips? Because you're like, you know how it should be. Well, it's odd because so like we're from, the, we're from Manchester. So mm. like all of our fish and chip shops were based in the Northwest. And um, when we moved to like the Southeast, I, I, there was like a whole new world of fish and chips oh products like we didn't know what a battered sausage was <laughs> like these these do not exist up north like I did not know that we have one size of cod up north in the southeast there's large cod regular anyway yeah, yeah. so um, yeah it's, it, i just love fish and chips <laughs> brilliant i love this this is what i mean when i say i always say to my guests i've never said this on the podcast recording before that i always have questions written down that, that the guest sees beforehand and then i always say it often goes off at a happy tangent and um, this is the kind of example is, you know, we self-employment and fish and chip shops. And, but we are chatting today because you have a new book out, aren't we? The Organised Time Technique. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about it. Like I've, I've obviously got a copy of the book and, and I have to confess, I was like a few minutes late clicking on to record for this. And I was thinking, I can't, I can't be late for someone who's written a book about being organised. Oh, no, that, that follows me around everywhere. It's like a curse. People are always panicked. So like, I can't be late. And I was like, it's fine. Don't, it's fine, don't worry. Um, so the, the book has come about, so this is my second book. So mm -hmm. I wrote this one because my first book was all about how to get the cleaning done in 30 minutes mm -hmm. a day, Monday to Friday, with the idea that there's more to life than cleaning, so let's get it done as quickly as we possibly can. But the, the, what happened was lots of people were getting in touch saying, yeah, this is all well and good, mm -hmm. but I haven't got time to eat my dinner in peace I, I can't go to the loo in peace I've got loads of kids I've got three mm -hmm. jobs where do I find this 30 minutes to, to do the housework um so it became evident that book two needed to be written <laughs> so that's why it was it was written because everyone was like I still I still I still feel overwhelmed yeah goodness cool because the instant going back to the Instagram thing you've obviously built up a huge Instagram community haven't you so you originally started putting things was it just on Instagram and the blog? And then obviously it became a book after that. Yeah. So it started off just Instagram. Um, and then it came, it sort of did it back to front. Mm -hmm. Started off as Instagram. Then it started off as a blog. And then um, it got picked up as a, as a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, were people kind of coming to you and saying, thank goodness. I guess there's a, there's a flip side, isn't there? People were looking to you then for organising tips and advice, but were you, are you good at timekeeping and being organised? Or is it something that you've learned and then put into the book? It's not something, are we born, born organised or not? <laughs> can I we was learn? not mm. born organised. You can ask my mum. She will, she will testify that I was not born organised. It was something that I had to teach myself. And mm. it was like, I think for me, the catalyst was becoming a parent. Um, and suddenly realizing that I had to mm -hmm. 
not only get myself out of the door on time and make sure there was enough food in the cupboard, etc., but also little lives also depended on <laughs> on, on it. <laughs> on your being up and dressed. How old are your children now? You mentioned your son, didn't you? You say he's 14. Yeah. yeah. I've got three. I've got a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old. Cool. So that's all right. Yeah. So you, obviously, as they've been growing up, you've been putting into practice all of your theories and yeah and then so there's a bit in the book about time budgeting which mm. gives me a little bit of like a nervous tummy ache so I thought I would ask you about <laughs> this <laughs> well it's good though I think it's it's and it's the right time of year for people to be embracing this kind of thing as well I think this is the right time of year for people to hunker down I think and say right okay I feel too disorganized I'm going to try and sort stuff sort stuff out Mm -hmm. um do you think we're scared of being more organized though do you think people feel because i guess my fear is if i think well if i'm more organized i'll probably have to do some of the things i don't really want to do like if i plan my time properly i will have to start that project that i've kept keep putting to the side because oh i'm too busy and not organized enough let's yeah. talk about time tell me all about time budgeting and whether you think we're scared of being organized so, so the way i look at it so uh, there's time I look at time as I would money. Mm -hmm. So, but there's a very big difference between the two, as in you can't save time up. Mm -hmm. You can't bank it for a rainy day. Like if you don't use it within a 24 hour period, then it's gone. Mm -hmm. So if we waste it in one day, and that's quite, can be quite a sobering thought. It's like the one thing across all society, it doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what car you drive, mm. we've all got the same 24 hours. Yeah, that's so true. But I do, I do think, I do think that some people, there's two things going on here. Some people don't want to be, seem to be like Brie from the Desperate Housewives. Mm. Like really prim and proper, <laughs> uh, walking around the playground with a clipboard, you know, like how, because there's almost, there's almost like a, a guilt or a shame attached to that it's like well that person's too organized and I don't find that relatable so I think we kind of shy away from success and I, that is a whole different topic so we don't want to be seen to be successful so we kind of might intentionally dial down our natural organizational skills but also in terms of like procrastination and, and putting things off it's a really lovely excuse and maybe little little white lie that we might tell ourselves that we're too busy mm -hmm. to do that thing that we've been putting off since 2018 <laughs> but in reality it's probably fear that's mm -hmm. stopping us from doing it yeah. um, and also if you do clear the decks and you do leave yourself time to do something there's literally nothing stopping you and then that fear of but what happens if I fail? What happens if I try to set up that business yeah. or try to write that book? Cause I've got all the time now mm. and I fail. So it's really, it's almost easier just to hide behind this. It's like facade of, well, I can't do it now. I'm far too busy. The, the kids are all over the place. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, it's actually, it's, it's really interesting. That's fascinating. Cause I, the next thing I was going to say is, you know, that how all this ties in with mental health and it's, it seems almost cliche to sort of say, well, if, if you know the the organizational stuff then nudges into like you said fear fear of failure but it's all wrapped up isn't it there's, there's a real I, I think mental health well-being angle there in terms of being organized or not being organized and then the emotions that brings I guess being disorganized physically like a messy desk can give you a real 
negative emotional state of mind do you do you think sort of organizational being organized and and or not being organized goes hand in hand with well-being and mental health yeah so um when it so we, i talk to a lot of people about organization in their home so like mm. you know not not meant not like okay i need to do this for my time actually actual like how messy is your house Mm. and um i did a youtube series a couple of years ago where i went and actually helped people to declutter their homes and what was really interesting every single person there was a psychological blockage as to why they weren't doing it Mm. whether it was they were um they just hated their house Mm-hmm. or they um, were in a, just a really bad place emotionally. And, it, and they, it was, there was always a key. And I think once you find the key mm-hmm. as to what's stopping you from doing it, it just helps to unpick everything. Mm-hmm. So very often being disorganized or living in clutter is a symptom mm-hmm. of something else Ooh. that's going on. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it is fascinating. And I mean, I am not a psychologist in any way, <laughs> but like just, just watching the patterns unfold with all the people that I've worked with and helped and like people that are part of our Facebook group, that, that it's never just about having a tidy desk mm. or, you know, being able to get out the door on time with your licky yeah. on. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there's always something deeper and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big topic. Yeah, huge. Is it something that has challenged you? Is it, uh, and has being, being better organised helped you with your mental health and well-being? Has that, that been something you've experienced as you've gone through the journey of, of becoming the organised mum? Yeah, so actually, the, the, the name, the organised mum, mm. started out very tongue-in-cheek mm. because I was not organised. And I in no way thought I was going to talk about it to anybody apart from my family. So like mm. I called, I, I was like, I came up with the organized mom method, which is the cleaning method. Because at the time my mental health was really bad. I just had my first child mm-hmm. um, I was in an unhappy marriage and my coping mechanism was to clean mm-hmm. like, all the time. Cause I'd convinced myself that, well, if my house looks great, then at least that's one thing I can control. Yes. Yeah. And people will look at me and they'll think she's got it together. When inside, really, I was like, mm. didn't know I was falling apart. Mm. And it's thing I've, ta- I've talked about it lots and lots and lots. So I, I realized it was getting out of hand. So I started, I started the organized mum method. And then that was great. It compartmentalized my cleaning. It meant I got my life back and things. Were back. And then my marriage ended. <laughs> like, just got everything sorted. <laughs> so, you know, just so you know, having a clean house doesn't keep your marriage intact. <laughs> Don't work. Tried that. Um, but at least you know exactly where the wine is at any given point. <laughs> I know where it is. And I know exactly how much there is because I'm yes. organised. Um, so then what happened was I was a single mum. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was running a fish and chip shop at the time. So very unsociable hours like almost well 12 hour days six days a week um with a four-year-old and an 18 month old mm-hmm. wow. um, it was That's it was a long it was yeah. exhausted i was exhausted um and i just was so overwhelmed and i just didn't know how to manage my time because obviously i'd gone from being married mm-hmm. and having someone to help with the stuff to suddenly have to do it all on my own yeah 
Um, and then that, so that's where the organized time technique came from because I realized how effective it was compartmentalizing um, the cleaning into 30 minute chunks. So I thought, well, hold on a minute. What, what happens if I just set my timer for 30 minutes and I just do all of that stuff that I really don't want to do, like phoning the solicitor to talk about mm -hmm. divorce, changing the bills into my name and just putting a timer on it for 30 minutes meant that it wasn't it wasn't too overwhelming i could just stop after the 30 minutes and at least i had done something yes so um so yeah it's, it's a real it's the, the two the two books were a real personal they came out of real personal circumstances mm. they were both born out of necessity really so yeah wow. is, i love that idea as well of the 30 minute because it's true, lots of people do this with writing, don't they? I hear this with writers when they're doing books and they say, well, I'll just try and get as many words. You might set yourself a 2,000 word, dead, you know, deadline of, um, deadline at quota and say in this 30 minutes. But then actually people say, they put things on Twitter, someone did recently, and they'd written 5,000 words in a half an hour or whatever their hour they'd allocated. Because actually, once you know you've only got that amount of time, you really crack on with stuff. So it's almost like you probably get more cleaning done than you might in an hour in your 30 minutes because you know you've only got or you might get more phone calls made. Is that kind yeah. of true? Because you know yeah. you've only got your 30 minutes. There's a, yeah, there's a full stop on the end of it. So you know mm. you can see the finish line and you know that as soon as you, yeah, it makes you speed up and it makes yeah. you a lot more focused. And another thing that, um, that I talk about doing is if, you know, obviously if you want to, to do it so that you've got two 30 minute chunks mm. of time and that's an hour but another nice thing that especially for people that are working from home mm. maybe they're studying or whatever is to set your is to work in washing machine cycles <laughs> that's cool you're talking so, like, about you've got a new washing machine that plays a tune here so <laughs> do you? oh well, that's amazing this is very fitting but like so, so so say you have like um a 45 minute washing cycle or something mm. like whilst that whilst that washing cycle is going I'm going to do all my emails and catch up on my emails. And then I'm going to put the washing out and have a cup of tea. And it kind of gives you natural breaks. But I think sometimes we just don't take those breaks. We think, oh, I've got this massive job. Like mm. I've got to write this you know, report and it's got to be X amount of thousands of words. I haven't got time to do that this week. Mm -hmm. But if you broke that down into so many 30 minutes or so many washing machine cycle chunks yeah just tackle a little bit at a time it just takes away that overwhelm so I guess for me it's just about taking away the mental overwhelm of having to climb a mountain mm. with every daunting task yeah sort of break it down so well, I've only got to get to like a third of the way up the mountain and I'm allowed to I love the idea of setting it because so many people say, and I hear this a lot where people sort of say when you're freelance, oh, don't get distracted by the housework. And it's like, I love getting distracted by the housework. Yeah, and <laughs> so I like you know, putting a wash on during the day or going down and, I don't know, doing something else. It's kind of like actually doing the washing during the day, I find quite pleasurable. And I think, well, why do it all in the evening? That's my non-work time. Well, the and washing also, done. <laughs> well, and also, isn't that one of the perks of working from home? <laughs> yeah, that you can put a wash on and put it outside. I love that our discussions wander around and like yeah and also when you work from home your home is your place of work so it makes sense to keep it 
nice so that you yeah. have a nice working environment exactly otherwise you're just surrounded by chaos because i love this because I, I love that the method is aimed at parents in particular isn't it and but you know looking through the book i was like oh i relate to that thing i'm not a parent but it's kind of like i feel like it's very relatable as a non-parent it's still about finding that extra time in the day or using your time more wisely which you know i i got loads of friends who are parents and i really doff my cap to them particularly with lockdown homeschooling how anybody has gone through that i just all praise to everybody frankly because I, I don't know how I've managed to get myself through it but it's almost like that thing of always being busy and then like we were just saying never quite getting the to-do list done planning mm. to exercise finding that you haven't got around to it and I just thought it'd be nice to get your thoughts on like do you think that we strive to be busy but actually being too busy can be quite bad for us emotionally because then there's this huge overwhelm of we like create the busyness for ourselves and then go oh I've got too much to do yeah yeah um so when i was um growing up in high school in secondary school mm. so i'm all, i'm 40 next year so in the, i went to high school in the in the 90s mm. and it was like okay 80s 90s women were great we can do whatever we want we can literally we can have a, an amazing career mm. we can set the world on fire we can also, but don't forget, you have to like have kids and don't forget that, you know, have to have a perfect relationship and don't forget that you also have to be a really good cook as well. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, okay. And you're just sort of like getting all of this baggage. And, and I think when we were growing up, that was great, but nobody told us how to do it. Mm -hmm. We told, we can be everything of, you know, we, we set our minds to obviously, but nobody told us that trying to do everything and to be everything to everyone mm -hmm. is just a recipe for burnout. Yeah. Um, and I think in, especially now, a lot of us are on our phones and social media a lot more because there's uh, less to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay. And like at the beginning of lockdown, it was like everyone, start, everyone suddenly had to start baking banana bread. <laughs> I need, I need, I need to garden. I need to bake banana bread. I need yes. to be homeschooling really well. You were growing your own jewelry, you know. <laughs> I, I, I've made this quilt, but like you know, and, and it, it was like you're scrolling through, and someone else has done something great. Someone else has done, and it, and you know, we all know about this. It's just comparison, comparison, comparison. But if you really sit back and think about it, and say you're following a fitness influencer or and you're following a entrepreneur person on instagram they're two completely different people in two completely different fields who are bossing their little bit mm. of the planet whether that's fitness or whatever and but so why all of a sudden are we going well i need to do that and that yeah. in order to be deemed successful in my own brain um it's a very easy easy trap to fall into yeah definitely especially self-employed because you start to think well if i do that other thing maybe i'll earn more money doing that and maybe if i try that thing then that will be my you know my route to my million pounds that kind of thing and it's like it's not always money driven isn't it but i think when you're freelance your head can get turned by the idea of a new project because that's the shiny new thing that might be your your biggest success there's always that kind of like oh what's that over there oh i'll try that yeah. next it's hard to stay yeah. in there's a thing in your book saying stay in your lane isn't there it's like Stay, yes, stay, stay in your lane. lane. <laughs> yeah. And there's a quote in the book actually, um, which I really liked, um, that says, focus is about saying no. See, it's a Steve mm. Jobs quote. And it's about, there's a whole thing in the book about learning the importance of no. Mm -hmm. 
no, you don't need to be volunteering for the PTA. Mm -hmm. You don't, if you haven't got time, you haven't got time. And it's perfectly okay to guard that time, just like you would guard your cash. If you had no money left at the end of the month and someone said, would you like to buy this shiny new car? You wouldn't go, yes, because I think I should and everyone will think I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. You go, no, I can't afford it. And, and I think if we need to guard our time the same, because if you have no time left and all of a sudden you're staying up till two o'clock in the morning, baking cakes for the PTA. Oh my goodness. You know, it's, you're, you're, you're taking your own energy reserves. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's funny that you mentioned that because one of the other things I thought would be really nice to chat about would be being a freelance working parent, because obviously that's something really pertinent for so many people right now there's there's obviously the freelancers who are working parents and understand that life mm. and have done perhaps for a long time and then there's people who are suddenly finding themselves working from home with kids at home I know kids have gone back to school and we don't know we're talking in mid-September this is out in November so who knows in November whether people will have children back at school we can't speculate good luck future people yes, good, good luck we're all with you we're talking to you from the past and we're come sorry and, come and tell us what happened so we can prepare <laughs> where's doc and his delorean we need to go and see what's happening (laughs) what are the challenges for you as a freelance self-employed working parent what would you say were your top ones and then how how you try and overcome them i'd love some advice from people who might be thinking i'm still not coping i still don't know where i'm getting my 30 minutes from i mean obviously by the book but also (laughs) what else challenges um so um what happened to me was that I, I like peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I need brain capacity. I need silence. I'm a real introvert. I'm in the mm. wrong job. I just like being on my own. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> think you were an introvert. <laughs> I am, I am. I'm an introvert. And um, the kids suddenly appeared, not at school. Mm-hmm. And my husband was suddenly next to me on eight hour a day Zoom meetings. Yeah. And I went from being in a lovely, like quiet house where I could hear the, the clock ticking and being able to really concentrate to suddenly being bombarded by this amount of noise. Mm. And it, it was a real, it was, it was horrible. Mm. It was really, and so much so that we actually converted our shed. Oh, in, wow. In, I was that desperate. Yeah. Like I needed, I needed some space. Um, so um, my top tips would be if, if you're not used to working from home, Mm-hmm. and you're suddenly facing working from home with the kids around say your kids have been sent home in their bubble or something like that yeah. is to prioritize your jobs you won't have the same amount of time mm-hmm. or the same amount of headspace you have to come to terms with the fact that things are going to take about four or five times longer mm-hmm. and really learn to say no learn to set expectations with whoever you're working with and also don't fall into that trap of working until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Where you're a parent in the day and then you put the kids to bed and then you start job number two. Because it's doable for a short amount of time, but pretty soon it's, you, you, will, you will face burnout. Yeah. So it's, it's recognizing that hopefully this won't be for long, <laughs> hopefully it won't be for long i'm just i'm pulling a very funny face for anyone yeah we're both like going oh. I just realized it's a podcast i'm trying to be really positive <laughs> <laughs> now reality, though. i need reality 
really hoping it won't be for long hoping it won't be for long and just being really kind to yourself because you can't you cannot continue to work at the pace that we were working at pre coronavirus mm -hmm. yeah it's impossible yeah there's a real reality there isn't it we all i mean pre coronavirus everyone expected themselves to be able to do way more than they were capable of so it's yeah. it's lovely to hear that it's almost like i'm like oh thanks have i got permission to not have to do everything yeah. and sometimes that's what you need it's you we are so hard on ourselves mm. um that we just don't give ourselves that break and just talking to yourself like you would do your best friend or mm. really close to you if you saw them struggling what would you say and just take a bit of your own advice and it's really i know it's really hard and i know everyone's probably rolling their eyes going yeah yeah whatever but i got a report in on tuesday and i'm just really stressed <laughs> but you know prioritize and if it means that you have to say no to a few things then then say no and the more you do it the easier it gets it's actually yes. really, really freeing <laughs> yeah saying no is like a good habit to get into isn't it because it's just like yeah. actually the more you say no to thing a especially as a freelancer i find i'm like oh actually then i have got the time to do thing b which actually i want to do b and b might actually lead to better stuff so but then you sort of fear that if you say no to a like the smaller client work or the thing that's not paid so well or that kind of thing you think well, they might never want me again there's like that kind of being needed part of being self-employed where someone says yes i'll give you some work but you know it is and there's also that thing as well as like as it can be really awkward especially if you're running a small business and maybe you're just starting up mm. so how do you price yourself yeah that like you feel guilty charging people it's like yeah. you get that imposter syndrome you're like i have to charge them this is really embarrassing i have to have an awkward conversation and then you remember that you are actually a business and it's exactly the same thing with your time. Everybody wants something for free. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you let people take too much of your time, they will continue to do so. Yeah. And if you continue to undercharge, people are quite, well, quite happy you continue to underpay. Yeah. So it's all about setting those boundaries and valuing not only your, what you're worth in terms of monetary value with your business, but also in terms of your time as well. Yeah. In the book, it, there's a bit about there being no martyr badge. Yes. And I really love that. And the idea of like, you know, social media versus real life. You, you've got, I mean, I looked on your Instagram, you've got 202,000 followers. And that idea of trying to reality versus Instagram and keeping it real on there. And there was a lovely post you had where it just said, practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. And I thought those two things, there's no martyr badge and practice makes progress. I just thought, what lovely positive you have a really great positive energy, even though you're also encouraging people, come on, everyone, knuckle down. We've got to get more organized if you want to. There's that kind of really nice balance. Like, do you, do you think we need to give ourselves permission to just do okay every day? Like to just be like, okay, it's okay. If you just get through today, guys, there's no martyr badge here. That's yeah, that really kept with me. That, that came about. So when I was really struggling as a, as a new mom, mm. um, I remember the health visitor came around and I was just cleaning. I was like, it was, I'd had a bad delivery. So I was healing from childbirth. I was on my hands and knees scrubbing the bathroom floor. Cause I was like, if she mm -hmm. needs the loo and if my bath, she's going to think of my bad mom. If I, if she oh. goes into the bathroom and obviously yeah, the hormones were all over the place. So that mm -hmm. didn't help. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> she said to me, look, as long as you're happy and you're healthy mm -hmm. and you know, everything's okay. Everything else is just sprinkles on your cupcake. Like all of the additional things mm -hmm. are nice to have, but they're not necessary in order for you to live a, a happy and fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, 
oh thank god she said that mm. because it ga- it then gave me the permission to be imperfect yeah. and nobody's perfect nobody is perfect. it just doesn't exist <laughs> doesn't exist no especially <laughs> not in self-employed life i think we do all look at each other and think oh they're doing so well at that or i don't know i see people post something and i think oh i haven't posted this morning they've done that post and they're probably sat there thinking oh that's my first post i've done on instagram in a while and like Instagram reels is new, isn't it? And I'm looking at that thinking, I really need to learn reels. And then I sort of thought to myself, do I though? Do, do I you? need to learn reels? Well, everyone else is doing it. It's like, well, if everyone else jumped off a cliff into the sea, would I be like, let's go? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, a bit like that, it, doesn't it? It? <laughs> it? It does feel like a competition. And mm. the one thing I do do actually is I do not follow anybody in my niche. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, so nobody in your niche, cool. So not, not, not just people that might... You might not like what they're saying, but people that do what you do. Nobody in my niche, I'd say, and it's not personal. It's not because I don't like them. It's mm. because I don't want to be influenced by them because mm-hmm. it's very subconscious. Like, so if you're scrolling through and you see someone who um, is in the same niche as you, the same business, almost exactly the same, and they've done X, Y, Z, goes into your subconscious and it might change the way you do something. It might change your strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I purposely don't. I purposely don't follow anyone that has a similar business to me. Um, and it just helps me just to keep my head down and just to keep focus on my goals without getting distracted by other people's. That's very interesting. Probably that's really exactly. rebellious. That's probably against all <laughs> advice. It's probably against all advice that's ever been given to business owners. But I just find it works. Yeah. It works for me. That's the best point though, isn't it? It's like, if it works for you, that is the thing. If you're freelancing, it works for you. Well, we'll do that your way then. Cause it's not like the boss is saying you've got to follow X number of people because the company needs you to. You yeah. get that's That's the brilliant bonus of all of this crazy life. We live being self-employed is that actually you can say, well, hold on. I'm choosing not to do that because mm-hmm. like you said at the very beginning, I'm the same. We don't like to work for other people. It's like, well, make your own rules up then. Someone I chatted to yesterday said that he painted the, office wall with blackboard paint and we were saying well yeah because you don't have to ask the boss to paint the wall and you don't have to ask the boss who you follow on social media and whether it matters for the company it's it's up to you sort of thing so oh there's a real power in that oh I love that brilliant thank you well talking social media um I'd love to wrap up if you'd like to tell people where they can find you and the book um the book is out on the was out on the 24th of September wasn't it so we're chatting just before that but obviously once this is out people will be able to buy it where can people find you and, and all the things that you do? Um, so I'm on Instagram as the organized mum. And we have a rather large Facebook group as well um, called Team Tom, T-O-M-M. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we can find it on Facebook. So if you are struggling to battle the overwhelm, that is a really lovely, safe I like to think it's probably one of the kindest groups. Mm. <laughs> we like to keep it as kind as we can. Yeah. Um, really non-judgmental just to help people just battle the overwhelm. And we've got lots of self-employed people in there who are just trying to balance and juggle. Yeah. Brilliant. T-O-M-M because that's the organised mum method, isn't it? Yeah, it's the abbreviation yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. And you know, the organised mum. And do you have a website? And where can people buy the book? Oh, yeah, that might be handy. The website. <laughs> And the website is theorganisedmom.blog mm-hmm. and the book is on Amazon. It's a tricky thing about books. They only go into shops if people have bought enough of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. You learn something. Oh, I did not day. know that. No. Yeah. So they go into shops based on the amount of 
um, online orders and then that's how ah. the shop make their purchasing decisions. So yeah, Sweet. Amazon, um, if you want, if you rather not buy off Amazon, then you can go and um, order it from the local bookshop and they can order it in. Brilliant. That is awesome. Well, Gemma, wish you all the best with it all. Thank you so much for chatting to me. I really appreciate your time. Thank well, you. Thank you for listening to freelance feels the podcast for humans who work for themselves i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have you can rate and review it on apple podcasts and follow for future episodes you can find more about freelance feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com freelance feels also has a monthly newsletter which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com and for daily updates follow on instagram and twitter at freelance underscore feels